Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is former quarterback Tim Hiller. He played his college football at Western Michigan and in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. He also spent time with the Bears, Chiefs, and Patriots. He won the 2009 Werfel Trophy. He is a TEDx speaker with the topic, The Purpose Driven Athlete. He's also the author of the book, Strive, and the co-founder of Next Level Performance. I'm excited to welcome Tim Hiller to Unpacking It. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for having me on. Man, well, we're looking forward to it, and, and we want to hear all about everything you're up to now and, and just a lot of your your passions with, with what you speak about and, and write about. But let's get a, a little bit of the, the background of, of your story and, and knowing that, that football is a, a big part of your story. And so let, let's kind of go through each level that, that you played because I, I know that a big part of your story were injuries and, and just kind of how, how high school led to college and then, of course, to, to the NFL. So what was the theme and the takeaway from your story during high school, playing quarterback in high school? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, growing up in a small town in northeast Ohio, um, it was a sports-crazed town. So my, my hometown is the, the hometown of Bobby Knight. And so he's uh, nice. obviously an a incredible figure in, in the college basketball world. And so sports were king. And so it was every boy's dream to you know, grow up and be an athlete in our community and had the, the honor and privilege of doing that. And, you know, in many ways, had a really easy life. I had a great home. I had two parents that, you know, pushed us and, and, and challenged us to be our best, both, you know, on and off the field. But, but we didn't want for much. You know, we were really um, well taken care of. And so some of those challenges, I think, for me, came in the adversity, as you mentioned, of injuries. Later on in my high school career, we, we were making a, a good playoff run my senior year and had that injury that really changed the entire landscape of my recruitment. And ultimately put me in a position at the end uh, of that period towards signing day where I didn't know where I was going to go to school. I only had some walk-on opportunities. And WMU uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, ended up being the only Division One offer that I ended up receiving. And it was really uh, a neat lesson at that young age of just God's providence and, and him really having the best plan uh, laid out despite me not being able to see it in the difficult circumstances of injuries. Yeah, so, okay, so you end up at Western Michigan – why was it so so great and the right fit for you? Well, first of all, I met my wife there, so that that's that good. everything. Yeah. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> but but you know, for me, it, it presented the opportunity to play early and to make mistakes and to be around great players. Mm. And so uh, playing for a guy like Bill Cubitt, I, I came in right away. Uh, we had a senior that was injured, and I played as a true freshman alongside a couple guys named Greg Jennings and Tony Schuster. Uh, oh, played yeah. at the next level and, and played in the NFL, and that was really an incredible experience for me to you know get broken in and, and see the success that we could have as a program. Um, but then I sustained another pretty significant injury, um, tearing three ligaments in my right knee at the end of that first year, my freshman year. So I redshirted my second year um, for a medical hardship, and then I played the following three years. And so it was you know another time of adversity, of growing character, but it was also great in terms of my physical development of, of gaining weight in the weight room of just growing me, you know, as a leader. 
We're talking with Tim Hiller right now on Unpacking It, former quarterback who, who played in college at, at Western Michigan. And, and then you end up getting an opportunity to play in the NFL. And so at what point did you, did you realize that, that you'd have a shot and, and, and based on you know, some of the, the struggles and the injuries and, and all that at Western Michigan, what kind of led to that and what was your mindset throughout that, that entire process? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, coming out of the 2008 season, we were 9-3. and three. We went to a bowl game. Um, but I tore my ACL in a win over Illinois that year, and a lot of people didn't know that. I played three or four games with the torn ACL and had surgery oh. after the season. And that really took away any opportunity. I had already graduated. That really took away any chance of potentially leaving early um, at a point when, you know, hypothetically your draft stock would be highest. So I came back my fifth year. Uh, we had a bit of a down year that year. We were pretty young. Um, which had its challenges, and uh, I still was able to get an NFL combine invitation, but um, definitely probably wasn't in the same position I was in 2008 in terms of, of the draft. But um, went through the combine, had a good workout, ended up signing as an undrafted free agent um, with Indianapolis, and, and we chose going to Indy because it really was the best opportunity. You know, Peyton Manning was in the last couple of years of his, his career there in Indy, and just to, to learn from him, to compete, to be the, the two or the three. Uh, and to have a stint there was was an incredible opportunity that that I'll always be grateful for. Yeah, well, let's pause there for a second because I'd love to hear more about just your interaction with him and and what was that that experience really like. You know, it, it was incredible. I mean, Peyton was very good to me, and there was kind of a, a small world connection there. I was a finalist for the Campbell Trophy, uh, which is the National Scholar Athlete of the Year. Uh, my senior year, Tim Tebow won that award, but Peyton had won that award, and his dad Archie was. Uh, the chair of the board of the National Football Foundation. And so, um, you know, as I've tried to make a practice over the years, you know, wrote handwritten notes to some people that I met just sharing gratitude and, and wrote with Archie, got his address, wrote him a note, um, gave him my phone number and just said, hey, thank you for everything. And, and when I got found by Indy, he texted me and said, hey, I'll, I'll have Peyton look out for you. you know, good luck with everything. Oh. So there was kind of this, this behind-the-scenes connection that, you know, publicly – you know, you wouldn't know that, you know, Peyton was helping me, but, but privately he would pull me aside. He would assist with certain things. You know, he would help me get ready when I had reps in the preseason. And so it was uh, a great experience learning from him and, and our position coach, who was Frank Reich, now the head coach oh, yeah. uh, for the Colts. So it was an incredible time to be there under Jim Caldwell's leadership um, and an incredible way to learn from a lot of veteran players like Peyton, you know, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, and many others that were kind of in the fourth quarter of their career at that point. But but those are the, the glory years of, of Indy for sure. Now they're bouncing back, of course, with Frank Reich taking over. So so even at at that point where you saw Frank Reich as a as a quarterback's coach, did you see kind of that potential for him being a head coach? Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and coupled with Clyde Christensen, who oh, yeah. you know, was a longtime offensive coordinator, you know, those two guys were first of all men of men of faith and character, but second of all, um, just really good at shaping young players. You know, Frank had a humility about him that, that he would coach Peyton, but he was also willing to learn from Peyton and get feedback. And it, it really created a neat dynamic in the quarterback room. Um, and Frank was really there to serve the players, and that was very evident even in my short stint. That's really cool. No, I'm, I'm pulling for them uh, for sure. Tim Hiller is our guest right now on Unpacking It. Uh, former quarterback, played at Western Michigan, played with the Colts, and, and spent time with the, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. And so as you look back at your NFL experience, maybe not the, the career that you had anticipated, but, but what, what do you take away from it, and, and how do you view it at, at this point in your life as you look back? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I'm 
grateful for it. I think at the time, you know, there's certainly no that disappointment because as a competitor, you come in and, and there's no plan B. You know, you're going to do this for three to five years, and certainly it didn't last that long, and, and God had other plans. But, you know, what I take away from it today is, is that at the end of the day, it's really all about separating your, and, and I talked a little, you referenced, you know, the TEDx talk. I really tried to convey that message that you have to be able to separate your performance from who you are as a person. If your mm. identity is totally and completely wrapped up in football or your profession or your family or whatever it is, if your identity is, you know, linked to something other than, than Christ, you're, you, you run the risk of really damaging yourself because if, if you fail, if you don't perform at your best, if you, uh, let someone down, which we all do every day at some point, you can be crushed by that. And so it, it really challenged me from a faith perspective. And it's something I take away now is, is to, to do your best, lay it all on the line, and trust by faith that, that the right plan is unfolding. Yeah, because as you look back at your career, and to take that a little bit further as far as how did your faith grow during your, your playing career and, and really you know make you into the, the man you are today – and that you can look at, yeah, football ended up being a, a catalyst to your, your growth and, and maturity. Absolutely. I mean, I, there, there's no better leadership training, in my opinion, than, than football or athletics. I mean, football is the ultimate team game. If 10 guys are doing it right and one isn't, it, it doesn't work, it doesn't go. And so I, I feel like I really learned the value um, of preparation, specifically, uh, through the game of football. It's something I really gravitated to and loved as a quarterback with the intellectual side of film and preparation and you know, today in, in my life and my career, I mean, whether it's preparing for a big meeting or uh, an opportunity to speak to a group, um, all those type of things require an immense amount of preparation to be at your best when you're in front of the group, in front of the meeting, whatever it is. And those are lessons that I learned in the football field, you know, how to prepare and get ready for a game on Saturday or Sunday. Saturday or Sunday games are one Monday through Friday. That's right. And it's all about that preparation. And so for me, that I think that's some of what I took away as well as just overcoming adversity. You know, I think the game of football, because of its physical nature and the time you put in, um, you can do more than your mind tells you you can do. And I believe that's true in every, you know, circumstance of life. And so just creating some of that grit and mental toughness, I think, uh, really came through sports. No question about it. Tim Hiller, our guest right now, former quarterback, and, and now he's a, a speaker and a, and a writer. And he did a, a TEDx talk uh, with, with the topic, The Purpose Driven Athlete. And and so you, you've alluded to it a, a little bit, but but what is the the passion behind that, and and how did you kind of develop the, the, this concept and and really recognize the difference between the purpose driven athlete versus getting caught up in performance and allowing your identity to be based on the, the scoreboard? Yeah, certainly. I, honestly, through failure, through mistakes. I mean, there. There are countless times throughout, you know, high school, collegiate, and even professional sports. I mean, I remember the last time uh, I got cut, which was by the Chiefs, as you alluded to earlier. I, m- I remember coming home and just, just grieving that loss. I mean, just you know, crying at times and trying to come to grips with, you know, the fact that this, this probably is over. And then, what, what do I do next? How do I use my gifts and talents? And, and, and some of that had, was because I had fallen into a bit of that identity trap, right? identity crisis. Especially as men, I think we associate a lot of our value with our vocation or with the work we do and there's nothing inherently wrong with that but it's dangerous if it gets all consuming and so you know my goal really in today's day and age if you look at youth sports you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 36 million children or students will participate in athletics do clubs travel hopefully for their school as well and you know we see this this kind of pushing towards specialization and the pushing towards 
you know, earning a college scholarship. And the reality is, is that, and I try to convey this in the talk, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's a very short window of your life, and you're going to spend a lot more time doing and being other things. Mm -hmm. And sports can be the platform that prepare you for success in those other things. You know, if we look at, you know, C-suite executive leadership in the United States, the vast majority of CEOs of companies, especially female CEOs of companies, were once competitive athletes at a high level. And so huh. it's clear that this is a great proving ground and phase of preparation for preparing today's youth for tomorrow's success. But we need to keep sports in the right perspective, that it's not the end-all be-all. If they play Division three sports and aren't on a full athletic scholarship, that's fantastic. Hmm. They're still getting these lessons, and we just need to have a healthy set of expectations. So we're not pushing kids too hard, but we're helping them harness those lessons that sports can really teach to build their character. Man, I love that perspective. It, it's so important, and and we do we we get short sighted or or just focused on on the wrong things when when it comes to young kids or just even how we we view athletes or or even just how we view our own careers. So uh, it's a great great thing to uh, to really contemplate and and consider today. Uh, we're talking with Tim Hiller, the uh, the purpose driven athlete is, is the talk that he gave uh, for TEDx, and so you can you can find that on YouTube. Uh, just search Tim Hiller, the the purpose driven athlete, and and so one of the aspects that you discuss uh, on that video is the the three ways to build the purpose driven athlete, and and something that we can even you know incorporate into our own interactions with with our kids or or, or athletes that we know. Can, can you share a little bit of that with with our audience today? Yeah, certainly. So the kind of three S's: uh, stories, strengths, and service. Stories strengths and service. So when you talk about stories, it's really just sharing your own personal stories or experiences of sports. Uh, I shared a story in the talk that comes back into the Warfel Trophy. Um, Danny Warfel was a good friend of mine, the 96 Heisman Trophy winner at the University of Florida. I, I was, I hate to age Danny here, but I was probably about 9 or 10 years old when he won that award. <laughs> and I remember my dad, uh, you know, circling that article in the paper. And, and the article was really about the community service that Danny did in the Gainesville area. And I, I remember my looking back on that, and my dad was really showing me a picture, telling me a story of who I could be mm -hmm. uh, beyond football, the example Danny was setting for me beyond football. And so I think it's important as parents, coaches, that we share stories about how athletics has shaped our character. Um, the second one is strength. And so one of the things that we use at, at our organization called Next Level Performance is, is we do use a character strength assessment. It's totally custom to the person, but you answer some questions and it helps you understand some of your natural God-given talents and abilities, kind of the way you think, the way you um, execute your work, the way that you relate to other people. And it just helps you better understand, gives you a language to understand who you are. And so when we talk about strength, we can help student-athletes understand their gifts and talents, both on and off the field. It puts them in a better position to make good decisions about that college major or that future career or the things they'll be passionate about once sports are over, uh, which will happen someday. And then the final one is service. Uh, and really it's about getting athletes to understand that they have a platform. You know, our society is fascinated with athletes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we listen to what they say. We watch what they do intently. And that's true even at the younger levels. I mean, young boys and girls look up to even high school athletes in a community. Mm -hmm. So if you can use that platform to give back, to serve others in need, to help around the community, it doesn't necessarily matter what the project is, but as long as you're giving back and showing people that athletes are <clears throat> using that platform in society for good uh, and to be role models, that's really beneficial. So it's kind of those three things that I outlined in the talk about, the stories piece, uh, getting athletes to understand their strengths, be on the game, and then service and giving back and helping others. It's excellent. The purpose-driven athlete. We're talking with Tim Hiller, 
right now on unpacking it and and just uh yeah such a such a great concept really appreciate you uh putting this all together and, and being able to to share this message and and you've been able to incorporate it with with next level performance and and so w- what exactly are you you trying to do with next level performance and, and what are kind of some of the, the the next steps uh for you even even as you take it to the next level uh with your organization yeah, no, it's it's great. It's an exciting time. So um, Next Level Performance uh, is a, in a partnership or a part of a, an organization called the Dome Sports Center, which is located uh, here in southwest Michigan where we live. And uh, we have kind of a 12-acre campus. We've got indoor and outdoor facility space. And Next Level is really the programming arm of that entity or that business. And Next Level is focused on, um, you know, delivering best-in-class training and development for strength, speed, injury prevention, as well as specific skills, but with an emphasis on leadership and character. And so we have a a comprehensive kind of 10 segment or 10 part leadership curriculum that is a part of every training session, every camp, every program that we run. Uh, students are, are being fed on the field, but they're also devoting time to think about their leadership and their character and their values. That's really the, the crux of, of next level. We look out over the next few years, we're going to grow and expand that campus, uh, some of the land we have and the opportunity to, to really develop it further. The other thing we're excited about, um, if, if anyone listening is familiar with the Miracle League or the Miracle Field, the Miracle League uh, is, is a national league of chapters around the country that is focused on giving young boys and girls with special needs or disabilities the opportunity to play baseball and softball. Cool. So we're currently in a fundraising state. Um, if you imagine that like a rubberized track type of baseball or softball field uh, with some apparatuses that can assist anyone in any spectrum of, of disability to be able to swing a bat or run the bases with assistance, um, we're raising funds currently to, to build a Miracle Field so that we can um, serve those individuals here in West Michigan and give those kids a chance to play. So those are a couple of things as we look out to the future and our vision of how we're trying to, you know, make athletes and make a difference and further this, this purpose-driven athletics uh, mission that we have. Yeah, that's awesome. People can check out timhiller.com, timhiller.com. And, and Tim, uh, man, love talking with you today and, and kind of want to wrap things up with, with talking about your book, uh, which is called Strive, Life is Short, pursue what matters and and so yeah take us into the the heartbeat and and passion behind this book and and really what is the the message that that you learned yourself that you ultimately wanted to share with others based on this concept of striving yeah you know i think every, every single day we're we're all pushing towards something um you know tim keller is one of my my all-time favorite pastors that I, I read and follow and have learned a lot from afar. Oh, yeah. Uh, from him, he's a pastor in New York City. And, and you know, Dr. Keller would say that we're all worshiping something, mm. whether it's, you know, God or whether it's our career, or whether it's money or whether it's fame. We're all, we're all pursuing something. We're all striving for something. And so kind of out of that message, the, the idea is really, it's just a weekly devotional, but the idea is to just help us think more deeply about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and help us make sure that we're spending our days the best we can and that we're striving for the right thing. You know, just ultimately, I believe, to serve God and serve others. And uh, we can do that through a variety of ways. Um, and so hopefully if it can challenge people to think about that and, you know, take some steps each week as they work through the book, hopefully they'll be in a better place, both both spiritually but, but in their lives, in the world, and those that they interact with. Yeah, well, so, so what was the turning point for you where you started to really recognize in your own life that life is short and that you wanted to pursue what matters? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think it really comes back to some of the things we covered uh, earlier in the interview when I was at Western Michigan. You know, my first year, um, here I am, you know, 18, just about to turn 19 years old, true freshman, um, thrown in the fire, going through, you know, experiencing 
playing divisional athletics for the first time when I just moved on to campus. And then suffering that pretty significant injury at the end of the year, it was, you know, a 12 to 14 month process to get back on the field, to be cleared again. And ended up sitting out and, and football was purposefully, you know, by God's plan, was taken away mm. for that period of time. And so when you have something that you're so engrossed and that you love so much, and then it's pulled back, taken away, and as you're rehabbing, you know, it isn't certain if you'll you'll be back 100% again. Uh, it really causes you to reflect deeply, and you can search for answers a lot of different places. You know, but thankfully through the mentorship of our team chaplain and other good friends on the team that were believers and the fellowship of Christian athletes, which, which has played a big role in my faith walk over the course of my life, especially in those younger years. That injury, that dark time, really propelled me to step back, and, and I think from that point on, football meant less to me. It, it, didn't mean that I didn't put as many hours in. It didn't mean I didn't work hard anymore. But my perspective changed because I had lost it for a period of time and understood, you know, truly what mattered most. So I think it was, again, out of that adversity that, that God did that work. And, and um, it's put us in positions. My wife and I both have had several injuries. She was a Division One athlete as well. And it's put us in positions where we've been able to mentor and minister to injured athletes over the years because we've been through those experiences. And they've really shaped and changed who we are. It's really cool. And and the two kind of sayings that, that you represent in, in your mantras as far as pursue what matters and the purpose-driven athlete, both great to uh, to take away for all of us today to incorporate into to our own lives. And whether we're an athlete or not, uh, being able to, to really pursue what matters. Uh, man, what, what a great focus to have each day. So, Tim, really appreciate you being a part of Unpacking It today. Love what you're doing and encourage people to check out TimHiller.com. He's a former quarterback, and you can also check out his TEDx talk uh, on the topic of the purpose-driven athlete as well. Uh, You can Google that and and check that out. So, Tim, appreciate it, and hopefully we'll catch up again. My pleasure. It was an honor to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. He's Tim Hiller joining us here on Unpacking It. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.